for the touch of your lips, dear, but much more for the touch of your whips, dear. You can raise welts like nobody else as we dance to the masochism tango. Tonight on the show, I am super excited to have someone who has not only worked on one of my favorite movies, but has also worked on one of my favorite TV shows of all time. Um, please welcome Craig Edwards. Oh, thank you very much. Oh, no, please, people, keep it down. That's that's too much. Um, <laughs> but no, thank you very much. It, it's a great pleasure to be on here. Uh, I enjoy all of your posts and uh, your podcast is championing champ championing the movies that need someone to support them so absolutely that's kind of our that's our motto we celebrate the 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 under celebrated you know a lot of these um movies just kind of come and go and 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 thank god for Tubi because yeah. a lot of these things i've never seen i i did not see death spa until this year I didn't eat well. <laughs> I saw it earlier than this year, but not not way back there. So uh-huh. let's, let's talk about that. Tell me how you came to discover that this was such a thing that there was a movie like this. So I was flipping the channels and I was going through my you know my usual Tubi stuff, and I knew that there was a movie that had been released on Blu-ray and that it had some really cool death scenes and stuff and i knew it was called death spa i knew nothing else about it i had no idea about this cast which is bananas um i really i knew nothing about the background or anything and i didn't even buy it on blu-ray i just basically was like oh it's on tubi let's watch it and just fell in love because the whole movie looks like they are having an absolute blast making this film you know (laughs) and and it's according to the documentary that's about it, as well as a lot of the behind the scenes articles I've read just to do research for the show, it's absolutely true. Everybody had a great time doing this. Nobody had a poor experience. Everyone just wanted to make a movie. It was not about making Shakespeare or Amadeus or anything. It was really just about like, oh my God, you know what's you know what's popular right now? Health clubs. And they they pop up and then they go away. Well, you know, what's a reason why a health club would go away? Well, what if it was haunted? <laughs> what if it was possessed by the spirit of a dead wife who was crazy to begin with? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Green yeah, light, cool. go. <laughs> exactly. Well, I had read about it um, somewhere back there. I mean, way back there, like when it was brand new, either that it was in production or something. Fangoria. Yes. Psychotronic Video Magazine, one of those. I know Michael Weldon reviewed it in Psychotronic Video, but but it took a little while to come out. If you look at the credits, I, I saw the copyright was 87, but it's got a 90 uh, right. release. Exactly. So, so I, I think I think they shot it. Essentially, so the, the, the background of the screenplay itself was that it was written, then it was on a shelf, nobody touched it. Then Mitch Paradise, who I'm sure that's his real name, came in, revamped the whole thing. Uh, It got funding by um, Walter Shenson, who was the master producer behind Hard Day's Night and Help. 
Uh, I know. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, I know. We've got some major pedigree behind this movie, which is really funny because you don't think of Death Spa as being something like that. But but damn it, it does. Um, and uh, and then you've got Michael Fisher, who went on to do uh, another great one, Delta Heat, which has uh, Betsy Russell and um anthony edwards yeah okay yeah yeah right and then he also did my mother's a werewolf um so that was <laughs> john saxon and uh... yes uh bonnie blakely see i can't remember where my fucking keys are but that comes out of my mouth like right? <laughs> just impunity just <laughs> i mean that movie jumped you know jumped up in my estimation as soon as john saxon licked her hand uh, i know i oh man really oh rest in peace good buddy i love john saxon so much there's very there's nothing with john saxon i won't watch and that includes blood beach people oh yeah absolutely i yeah i'd watch him read the phone book he's he's one of those oh, actors he's on so my amazing list. oh my god yeah and he's in my favorite horror film of all time which is black christmas the original oh yeah 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 of course great movie. <laughs> You know, I worked with Bob Clark twice. <gasps> oh my gosh! Okay, so the the favorite movie of mine of yours that you've worked on that is I absolutely love it. It's the reason that I wrote my very first screenplay when I was fifteen years old is Empire wow. Records. Awesome! Well, I'm pleased you love that movie. That was a blast to work on. You know, as you said, I, I don't know how much fun the desktop people were having because I wasn't there, but I was there for Empire Records. And we were- <laughs> So were you a, I mean, I know you have a role in the film, uh, but were you a product, were you a production person? And then they decided, you know, Hey, why don't we throw a scarf on this guy and make him a Rex Manning fan? You know, that was, that was actually me coming up with that idea because they were beefing up the autograph line. The last day of shooting, they brought the extras in again to make one more pass at adding a few more shots of them. Nice. And I ran to wardrobe uh, and said, you got anything I could wear that might make me stand out in the autograph line? And what I'm wearing, that outfit was actually a choice that uh, Maxwell Caulfield could have worn oh. a little big on him. And so they went with the purple lame instead mm-hmm. of that flowy blue thing. Tie dye, oh, yeah. I'll call it. And um, so I ran then to hair and they streaks and tipped did whatever they could with what little I had even then and and took it up as far as they could and put gold streaks and tips on it. And then I ran to the director and said, would you like me in the autograph line? And he said, Oh yes. Oh yes. (laughs) So that was shot on the very last day, but I had been, I, I, most of the time on in film, I was a production assistant. And then towards the end, I was an assistant director, but I, the, my stock in trade was doing what's called running first team, which is coordinating actors and makeup hair and wardrobe. So when they get out of the van in the morning, I'm the guy who says, you go to rehearsal, you go get dressed, you go to the makeup chair, and I keep all that stuff, all those chairs hopping so that they are ready to shoot when the camera and the lighting are ready. Gotcha. Gotcha. Keep the wheels turning. Love it. And uh, and then you're in my, honestly, probably in my top 10 favorite TV series of all time, which is Dawson's Creek. Four seasons, uh, same deal, same boss, actually. The same person who hired me on Empire Records was working on Dawson's and got me that job as well. It is who you know. Um, <laughs> if you have the right connections, you know, you'll get the job. And just real quick, I, I know we're, we're talking about Death Spot, but um, I got to work on two uh, TV movies with Bob Clark, and I got to stand on set during a lighting setup, and he had the same guy, Ken Gotch, had been his first AD forever, 
and had worked on the old films all the mm. way back to Black Christmas. Uh. And I stand on set with Ken Gotch and Bob Clark and basically talk about those films with those guys. Oh, man. Talk about a bucket list item. Oh, rest in peace, Bob. Despa, we think, was shot in 87 and released in 89, but some people say 1990. It depends on which part of the internet you are on. Um, So... We have this um we have this really great opening, which is like a crane shot that was shot on a cherry picker going over Los Angeles. That's how they how they got that shot. Um and we kind of like focus in on the Star Body Health Spa, which is like every other gym that was opened in the 80s. You know, it was like a full service health spa. So it wasn't just a gym, it was like a gym and uh a, a juice bar and a yeah, sauna and yeah. a pool everything's there you know mm-hmm. and i am not a gym person i enjoy working out i like working out outside actually i'm more of a like outside physical activity person so are you a gym person uh i i belonged to one for a few years um and and did the thing that everybody does eventually you find yourself not going as often yeah, you find excuses not to go and things like that. And at some point, the cost of it, you mm-hmm. can't justify it for nope. the few times you're in there. You're just- so, yeah, I'm more of a walk. I like to take a walk. Yes. Um, oh. And I've got a small weight that I keep near the desk now and just, you know, pump the arms a little bit here and there, trying not to lose okay. what little I've got. <laughs> <laughs> but that opening shot, I, what, what surprised me about it, um, I mean... You, if you've watched a lot of movies, you and I, I'm sure, you know something's going to happen with that sign before the, you know, before the opening bit is over, because it's just showing it too long. And the sure. lightning, you're like, oh, this and is going to turn into an sign. Lightning, <laughs> which what a what a wild opening choice um, to go with that, but yeah, and it absolutely, and and I have to say that even better than Motel Hell. Oh, yes. This mm. may be my favorite burnt out letters neon sign reveal. Fantastic. I love it. I love it. Name drop in Motel Hell. Rory. Oh, so cool. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so we, we, we meet uh, Brenda Baki, uh, yes. and she is doing basically a flash dance routine. Right. I mean, because she's doing that. And um, Ken Foray comes in and interrupts her and says, you know, hey, lock it up for the night. Gotta go. Um, but, you know, you turn the lights out when you leave. And she goes in to take a sauna and almost masturbates. <laughs> like, like, she's very close to nope. masturbating. Yep. But some unseen force does not want that to happen. <laughs> So, so what happens what had happened was uh she lays back and proceeds to uh fondle herself and then she gets interrupted by chlorinated gas <laughs> that has been filtered into the sauna and she breaks through the sauna door and gets out just in time for receiving chemical burns so and then, meanwhile, across town, somewhere south of Sunset, uh, Michael uh, is asleep on his computer desk and wakes up and realizes that he gets a phone call from the hospital, goes to the hospital in his Porsche, and 
wanders through the hospital with so many it's like he wanders do you notice this he wanders into what looks like a physical therapy room where a woman is being given a, like a bath right. <laughs> and, and then the doctor comes and was like whoa are you looking for laura danvers <laughs> and he's like i am i am the owner of the gym in which the <laughs> in which the incident occurred you're like right. i wonder how that connects um so this gentleman who we see, uh, that would be William uh, Boumela. Um, he was in uh, Andy Sidaris's Guns, and he was also in Do or Die uh, as Edie's boyfriend, Lucas. Um, but the thing about Sidaris is that Sidaris will take names and change those actors frequently. Oh, yeah. oh, oh. <laughs> like, Jump from side know. to side. Oh, yeah. The nemesis. I'm a villain, I'm a hero. The yeah. nemesis, Kane. Kane is a million different ethnicities okay <laughs> so starts or asian and ends oh, as british guy's son british guy uh, yeah okay. exactly it's like what anyway uh but this is not the andy sadaris podcast however uh william Bumuller is in both of those movies he also did 43 episodes of guiding light so he's a big soap opera guy Dang. and now he's a therapist good for him oh, okay i really yeah. believe i was like good for him uh, so he comes in to basically see how Laura is doing, and uh, she she is lying naked on a gurney, covered in just a just a just a sheer like gauze, just a gauze dress. Okay. So, I'm like that charts, I think. Well, for a for a movie like this, yes, absolutely. I mean, right. So uh, the nurse, the nurse slash doctor tells, tells uh, Michael is his name, tells Michael that his girlfriend or employee or both has um, chemical burns all over her eyes and parts of her body. And she has been temporarily blinded, but it's only temporary. So uh, my experience with Brenda uh, with Laura is going to be she was in a movie called Hard Bodies 2. Yes, she was. And she played like the most annoying girlfriend ever. Yeah. And I happen to love Hard Bodies 2. Anyway, but she's she's just really funny in there. Her name was Morgan and her boyfriend just called her Morgie. And she'd be like, Scotty. <laughs> so and apparently that's her first movie. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, that would have been, um, yeah, way back there. Indeed. She, um, and she is so not that, so you know, mm, wonderful. Yes, great acting, great acting. Um, so, so Ken, uh, Ken Foray is spotting a guy named Freddie, played by David Shaughnessy, who my mom remarked does not look like he belongs in this film. True. <laughs> Yeah, he and, feels like the producer who wants to play a role. That's exactly. That's exactly what I thought. I said, did he lose a bet? You know, and then I was watching it and I realized that the background of Walter uh, Walter Shenson, who was uh, the producer of Help and Hard Day's Night, worked with David Shaughnessy's dad. And so... He gave him this job so he could get his SAG card. 
Oh, okay. Right. And now David Shaughnessy may not necessarily look familiar to a lot of people, but he would go on to be one of the most recognizable voice actors in video games. Like that's his bread and butter these days. Yep. Everything from Grand Theft Auto to, I don't know. I, I literally, my video game knowledge stops at Super Mario Brothers 3. <laughs> that's back there ways. Oh, yeah. No, I don't. Yeah. So if it's not a lot not, of voices in, in Super Mario. No, 3. I know. So, so David's probably not in that one. Yeah. I'm oh, poor guy. So, uh, so he just kind of shows up and then just disappears. There's a lot of characters in this film that well, they, they sprinkle him in. He gets a couple other yeah. little bits, little he, bits, like a comic relief. Let's cut to him for a funny line kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Now, Ken Foray, if you don't know who Ken Foray is, first of all, you're I don't know why you're listening to this podcast. If you do but not know who he is, turn this podcast off. Turn it off right now. Yeah, you're fired. Are you, right? What are you doing with your life? Um, everybody knows him from Dawn of the Dead, Devil's Rejects, I, I mean, most women's fantasies. Uh he's been featured in. He really has done everything, and he's been acting since the 70s. Like he has consistently acted and in this movie he is just he uh, honestly i will say this william boo miller and ken foray need to to have their own buddy comedy oh yeah absolutely i agree because they're in a totally different movie yeah they kind of are like they're in a movie where people play touch football together and they like yeah, yeah spontaneously. They, they spontaneously they don speedos and then they like have a water fight and i mean there's a lot going on in this movie that they needed to have their own spinoff well ken had a heck of a year in 80 whatever this was 80 mm-hmm. whatever right uh, because he was also the security guard in fan of the mall air Revenge. uh plays Wonderful. almost the exact same character right and then he's like the voice of reason in the uniform over there yep. to the side he pops up you know and tells you why your choices are terrible exactly unlikely voice of reason ken foray exactly. love it so awesome oh so now we learn that this particular gym is very high tech and that it has a feature where it is basically controlled by a computer and the computer is controlled by Merritt Buttrick, star of, oh man, Star Trek 2, Star Trek 3, um, Square Pegs. Pegs, yeah. Uh, yeah, he he really did a lot. Unfortunately, we, we actually lost him in 89. Yes, um, but he was just a really, really cool actor. And he is acting his ass off in this film. He is because I know that Brenda uh, loved him. And in fact, we had a talk and I, um, I inadvertently stepped on her feelings, uh, pointing out that he had passed and actually sent her into tears. So she, they really must have had a friendship, but their antagonistic relationship on screen again, (laughs) kudos to Merritt because he plays an absolute ass in the He's terrible. He really is so terrible in this movie as far as like just being just like a total dick of a character. And and spoiler alert, okay, he is going to be possessed by his dead sister. And there are moments where I'm like, is David just an asshole in general or is he possessed at this time? And you cannot tell the difference. No, 
Nope. No, and I, and I would love to know, you know, if there was ever a commentary, I would love to have the writer or director address that because it could go either way. Yeah, there's a there were a couple times where I was like, is this psycho? And then it's like, nope, not psycho. Now it's this. Now it's this. And it's, it was a couple of different, a uh, lot of plots, a lot of plots being, you know, turned around. So what's interesting is David is able to control the resistance on the uh, weights. And yeah. I know that this is obviously ahead of its time, but now there is this home gym system called Tonal. Yep. Where that's a fucking thing. That is a real thing people can people can do is like program their own, you know, resistance training at home with this like magical machine and everything. <laughs> but you know what that you know what that even his magical machine in 1987, 89 couldn't do, mm. could not control tile. That's right. It does not control tiles. Don't know what you're talking about. This is a computer. It doesn't control tiles. Yes. Um, so yes, the cops have come uh to interview Michael about this, you know, crazy thing that has happened to his girlfriend slash employee. And uh it turns out um we've got okay, so the gentleman. I can tell you that he plays, this is so weird. Like, I can't think of his name, but I can tell you he plays Principal Kelban in summer school. Like, that's information that's stuck in my head, right? Oh, the uh, the Mark Harmon movie. Yes. Okay, yes. gotcha. Okay. Yeah, he's the principal who's like, you know, the, these test results have shown over 90% improvement. So, you know, teachers don't normally do that. And then he like gives him, you know, he's like, here, you have tenure. Whoa! Right. Like, cause I've seen summer school 8 billion times too. <laughs> so, let's see. Now, see, I didn't, I knew he looked familiar, but I did not connect him to that role. Mm -hmm. so, yep. And a, apparently he was, he's a, a dude that still acts and still performs and is wow. still going. So. so I kind of felt like um, that the cops were a little bit like from another movie too. It's like, Oh, they needed... together here. Yeah. And the cops come in from, another film entirely and right. he was a bit like uh and i'm not gonna remember the actor's name the dad from life goes on he's like the dollar store version of him oh 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 i okay yes and i cannot remember his name because it's very difficult to pronounce okay and he was on miami vice also and yep. yes and he was the the dad on life goes on yes oh, okay so it's francis x mccarthy great name okay yes <laughs> The only other Francis X, because the other one was a silent film actor named Bushman. Francis. Oh, okay. All right. And so, and then his partner is played by Rosalind Cash. She plays yes. Sergeant Stone. And everyone knows her as the female lead in Omega Man. And she's in Ebony, Ivory, and Jade. With oh, Ebony. nice. Yeah, apparently she has been in a lot or, you know, rest in peace was in a lot of different roles and was very well known in the television world as well. So yeah, another she, face. as soon as she walks in, you go, oh, I've oh seen yeah, I've seen her before. Yeah, there's a lot of oh, that's that guy in this yeah. film, you know. Um, so, yeah. So the cops come in and, you know, they're like, well, what's going on? And he's like, you know, the the whole system is run by this computer, which is run by my ex-brother-in-law. Why is she your ex-brother-in-law? My wife's dead. <laughs> like the most deadpan like greatest exposition in film history my wife's dead done you know <laughs> and um oh and then david's excuse for not being the one 
who has uh who who you know wrecked havoc on Laura's body and eyes is that he was at home hacking and immediately I thought I just thought of like Fisher Stevens and hackers you know or Johnny Lee Miller and hackers or anybody in hackers for that matter like because it's ridiculous and and now of course you look back on that and you're like no you know (laughs) he's like I was experimenting with computer programs Look at him like he's hacking with a 14.4 modem. Yeah. Right. With a, yeah, that makes sense. Um, meanwhile, uh Darla, who is played by Chelsea Field, decides that she is going to take a dive off the diving board, and the diving board has magically become unhinged, and she basically falls into the water. She's not really hurt, she just falls off the diving board. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't hit her or anything. She just falls no. in the water, which is she where she was in the headed. Water. Right. My the, understanding is that's where she was headed. So. The diving board doesn't fall on her. No, no. <laughs> no, she gets out. I mean, how much luck is that? That so the, she just the gets out. Is trying to kill you by unscrewing bolts. Exactly. And, and we and yet and and we learn through the exposition fairy uh, that David was very close with his sister Catherine. And that apparently she did not want a certain pregnancy and that she also, oh, and that they are also twins. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> that was another thing you learned. So, oh, and then we find out through the cops uh, who are sharing a very unhealthy meal, but not, a, but fun, but fun. Cause it's a chili, like it's a chili burger, I think is what he's eating. Yeah. They're, they're sharing a chili burger and they find out, you know, oh yeah, like his wife went up like Chernobyl. Like she she was burnt to unrecognizable ashes, which you will hear twice in this movie. That. Two people say that complete that phrase. Burn like, to an unrecognizable ashes, as opposed yeah. to recognizable ashes. <laughs> so so Ken Foray decides to play a little touch football. Uh with William Boomer, as you do. And um, meanwhile, Priscilla comes in with the probably the scariest comedy tragedy uh, outfit mask. There is a misconception about this film, which is that they're going to a Halloween party. They are not going to a Halloween party. They are going to what's called a membership party where they're trying to get people to come in and sign up for the gym. And apparently they do this every year and it's a big event and it's facilitated by both Michael and Michael's business partners, Tom and Priscilla, who are terrible characters, but <laughs> that's the point. Um, so meanwhile, Michael has a dream about his ex, his, his, his dead wife. Uh, and we see that it is Sherry Shattuck. And Sherry Shattuck, see, I knew her from uh, a little erotic thriller from the 90s called Dead On, and which stars Matt McCoy. Now, let's say that again for the cheap seats in the back. There's an erotic thriller from the 90s. That's right. Starring Matt McCoy. The second lead in the police academy. That's right. That's right. Uncle Eric. On who that is. Uncle, uh, yeah, he's Eric Lassard's 
nephew. That's right. <laughs> Probably Pete Lassard, Howard Hessman's kid. That's right. That's our best yes. There you go. Exactly. So well, watch out. I'll go down a police academy rabbit hole. So oh, me-, me too. I love police academy. So, <laughs> so the fact that the fact that that's where I know her from, and I also know that she is the girl in the Thirty Eight Special caught up in you video. Oh no, that I didn't know. I'm going to go watch that as soon as we're mm-hmm. done. With- oh, it's it's obvious too. It's not a blink and you'll miss her. It's like she is the she is the main girl in that video. Uh, uh, my film for her is The Naked Cage, a uh, late '80s uh, women in prison movie. I love it. I love it. My friend tricks her into helping him rob a bank, and then she takes the heat and ends up in prison. And everything you expect from a WIP movie. Fabulous. And uh, she went on to become a novelist, and now that is what she does. She writes books. And uh, and then she was married to Ron Moss, who was in our ticket to Hawaii. That's right. Directed by Andy Sedaris. See, it all yeah. comes full circle. And he was and, one of the uh, poorly shooting Abilene boys. Dude, I love, you know what, I gotta say, Hard Ticket to Hawaii is, it, it, that is one of my favorite, like, party flicks. Like, I will put that on at a party. And it's also one of my favorite, like, if somebody asks me, like, what's your taste in movies like? And I'm like, let me show you. Yo. Yeah, that's that's one of my, of the Golden Twelve. Now, Seven having finally come out, uh, not the Fincher, but the... Yes, yes. um, That one is my absolute favorite because it was also one of the first things I ever saw on cable. So Mm -hmm. it it holds a place in my heart and will forever. But Mm -hmm. when you get past that one to the other 12 that Sidaris did, Hard Ticket is my favorite of the whole bunch. Absolutely. Hands down. Hands down my favorite. Um, So meanwhile... Michael and Marvin. Marvin is Ken Foray's character, by the way. So we'll just wait. from now on, we'll just call him Marvin. But Michael and Marvin decide to put on Speedos and play in the water. That is a thing that happens in this movie. And it, it, it you could cut that scene and it wouldn't, ma- wouldn't matter. <laughs> but I but want more don't. of that. Right? I yeah, don't. Exactly. I want more tomfoolery. Despa 2, bromance. That's right. I love it. Marvin and Michael, they're back. Uh, So next we get probably one of the most famous lines from this movie, which is Chelsea Fields uh, is trying to hit on a gym. We'll call him a gym bro. That's what he is. And, And he says, you know, I'm beta, you're VHS. Now, Lots of people have speculated on what this means, but I have talked to certain members of the community who prefer the company of men. Uh, I mean, men that prefer the company of men. And they have told me that I'm beta. Your VHS means I like men. You are a woman. This would never work. And let's, let's give them some kudos because they did not have him play Faye in any way. No, absolutely not. And That's I saw, I was thing. very proud of this movie for, for letting him be, just a person who yep just doesn't, a, isn't interested in chelsea field. just a dude and is not interested in chelsea field that's just right absolutely uh so meanwhile we see this aerobics class and i swear to god this is the most finely tuned choreographed synchronized synchronized yes. alvin ailey dance school <laughs> just yeah, i mean it, it yeah exactly i'm like what did they like have that on like they were like on loan for the day or something (laughs) did somebody know somebody who knew somebody well there was a thanks there were a lot of thanks in the credits and i think you are right i think you're right on with that 
yeah it's very you know like like let's do twilight tharp it's okay you know um okay meanwhile in michael's office he smells something funny and it's not the layer of sweat that he has just gleaming off of him in his tank top it's actually a dead bird a dead baby bird in a nest that he immediately thinks is david's doing so he goes in and they both you know verbally fight it out and he's just like you're bananas dude i don't do that i don't know what you're talking about get out of my office you know and (laughs) so so then okay there is a group shower scene and i will just leave that right there there is a giant all-female group shower scene um which apparently was yes exactly like big clap chef's kiss uh which apparently was casted by local uh people who uh, i guess people who cast adult films so there were a few x-rated stars in there although i didn't recognize anybody (laughs) that was a popular thing to do i guess in those films if you had a a scene like a shower scene where nobody Mm -hmm. was really talking um your your best bet to not get a lot of hooey from actresses who would say yes to things in the office and then not want to do them on set if you hire porn stars you're guaranteed nobody's gonna have a problem shucking their clothes exactly Uh, much like in reform school girls reform school girls is big on this that there were several women who are featured in reform school girls naked who have no lines whatsoever right um so so there's this shower scene right and tiles start off the wall are they computer controlled tiles no apparently not because david says the computer does not control the tiles somebody's controlling the tiles um so michael uh comforts two women uh offering them a three-month free membership and his penis basically so you know they arrange to meet him for a three-way later uh because that that charts and uh karen parsons that would be Hillary Banks from Fresh Prince of Bel Air is one of the girls. Meanwhile, Beta gentleman uh, decides he's going to pump iron using a, I believe it is called the butterfly machine. That sounds not, right. Yeah. I say I'm sure. But but and, the but it's a very proppy looking one. It really looks like they built it. Like yeah. It has nothing to do with a real piece of workout equipment at all. The nope. wires, the, the cables are all real loose. And yeah. It and looks, it looks pretty... like they threw this thing together. It I looks mean, like a flying death trap. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing is because they it looks so constructed if you don't know what's coming. That's right. And then one thing leads to another. The resistance yeah. keeps going higher and higher and higher until poor Beta, his ribs explode. <laughs> And it's wonderful because until the weight that kills him, he's fine. He's oh, yeah. winning at every announcement of an increase in in the tension until yes, starts bursting. And he's finally like, wait a minute, no, I'm not for this anymore. Exactly. So after, after this disaster that's happened in the gym, Michael wants to shut the system down. He says, let's just put everything on manual. And his business partners, Tom and Priscilla, say, if you take it off manual, if you put it on manual and take it off, you know, the electronic control, so to speak, it is going to remove the one thing that makes this gym unique. So don't do that. 
And Michael's like, I guess I, okay. (laughs) So he just moves on with his life. Um, Yeah. Um, But I know what you're thinking. This movie is missing an uncomfortable romance scene. And uh, you're welcome. Because we are about to see... Oh my God. Okay. So, so, so Michael picks, uh, picks Laura up at the, at the hospital and brings her back to his place. Second build Brenda, who has not really been in the film now for about 35 minutes. Nope. She gets introduced at the beginning. She's been, she's been poisoned by chlorinated gas and, and burnt. And now he's picking her up. She's got these like crazy, like alien eyes because she's all bandaged up. Right. And he leads her into the house uh, like a seeing eye dog, like a really horny seeing eye dog, leads her to the house, gives her a package that, of course, she can't fucking see. Uh, and she opens it up and it it's kind of a dress or a jacket or a white sort of. At least it wasn't lingerie. At least no, you didn't I, throw on that's... some Yeah. Away. That's actually what I thought it was going to be. I was like, oh, he's going to give her a teddy from Fredericks of Hollywood or something. Exactly. And expect her to jump in and, you know, back, just back from the hospital. Right. Exactly. It's like, oh, I guess we're doing. Uh, But if you thought that was uncomfortable, buckle up. So the next scene is Michael feeding her food from a table of fancy items. With the most asparagus ever. The the most limp, sad, phallic. But, but the design of it was just, I mean, there was no, nobody could miss what that was supposed to be. Just sticking it in her mouth. Yep. And then she bites it off. Absolutely. Which should have been an indicator. Uh, and then she says, hmm, so much better than hospital food. And then he's, you know, cuddling with her and he's like, you should move in with me. And, and she's like, ah, okay. On one condition. You take me to the gym to get my stuff. I'm like, is she like a homeless woman? And she stays at the gym. <laughs> yeah. They they have a homeless program where you can come in and flash dance. She's squatting at the gym, right? Yeah. That's the that's the big secret, is that she's squatting at the gym. And uh so she's so they go back to the gym. <laughs> no, really. They go back to the gym. And meanwhile, one of the gym patrons is <clears throat> is kind of like in the locker room and she hears the locker start to rattle and she leans against one of the lockers. And I don't know if this is just like, I don't know if it was an arrow, a javelin. Yeah. What was that? You're exactly right. What, what the a heck? A sword, but something just goes through her throat and she is dead and her body remains in that locker for the rest of the film. Now, how long let's think about that how much longer does the film run is it days at that point or is it just hours yeah time is just a construct yeah isn't it though it really uh, is in this film because you're like is it okay so she had her chlorinated you know she had her burns and then she's okay to be picked up at the at the hospital and then the cops are on shots don't help because they just jump back and forth oh it's night it's day it's night yeah very much so covers but yeah um oh and then a very like apropos of nothing kind of scene uh where laura goes to try to find her stuff and someone is menacing her dressed as david's ex-wife and uh oh no excuse me uh uh michael's ex-wife and michael comes in and he's like oh my god you know and like pulls the mask off and it's 
uh, it's Darla, it's Chelsea Field. And then he just like looks at her and he goes, you know, not, not, not cool, Darla. And she's just like shrugs her shoulders. And it's, I mean, it's like, wow. Wah, wah, wah. You know, like, like really? that, that's okay. But in its defense, I think that it was an attempt to uh, provide like a jump scare kind of thing. You know, because oh, she sure, like, goes yeah, up I... on her and it's just like, oh, you know, and, and what have you. So, but, but with but Darla showing no propensity to be a screen prankster prior to this, none whatsoever. And she's the one that's under the mask, Mr. Yeah. Johnson's partner. I know it was very, I know it's like, what kind of Scooby Doo bullshit is this? <laughs> um, and uh, so, so, so Michael decides, I've got to go see a psychometry expert, uh, as you do, as you do. He goes down to basically Skid Row. If we're being honest, I have no idea where this place is located, but having lived in Los Angeles, I was just like, this is not good. <laughs> this is really, really gross. <laughs> he goes I got to throw the dollar store in. This is dollar store Richard Libertini from um, ah, uh, this actor to me. This actor, yes. Um, he is Joseph Whip. And okay. uh, genre fans will know him as one of the cops in Nightmare on Elm Street 1. Now, I'm not necessarily sure if he's the one who says, you know, something like a razor was was uh, used to kill her, but nothing was found at the scene. Or if he's the cop who goes, everything's going to be okay. And Nancy's like, get my dad, you asshole. Um, he, could also say, he could also say the coroner's in the back puking. Yeah, I did. Well, I was thinking, I was like, is, is it yeah. that guy? <laughs> I don't think he's the guy that comes out and Nancy yells at. I'll, I'll say yeah. that. that I, those two don't look anything alike. Nope. But I think he's the one who initially investigates Tina's death. And, you know, and he's like, yeah, he's like, boyfriends, or what is it? Mother's in the Bahamas with the boyfriend <laughs> or whatever. So, uh, so anyway, Nightmare on Elm Street fans, please correct us. I'm sure you're out there. You know, that's not my favorite horror franchise, so I wouldn't know. <clears throat> so, so let's see. Uh, so he goes to see this psychometry expert, which <clears throat> people have said, oh, that's not a thing. It is actually a thing. Sure uh, and the idea is that the past is entombed in the present. And it's a also a widely criticized uh and has no scientific evidence to support it but it's this idea that you can pick up an object and know its history uh based on some sort of extrasensory perception so at least get a feeling off of it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah you get a feeling off of it exactly so um, so they, uh, yeah 1988's vibes uh jeff goldblum cindy lauper she is a psychometry Ah, see one of them is i haven't seen that film in 35 years but oh i haven't nope that was actually that film was my introduction to psychometry i play the theme song all the time but i actually haven't seen the movie since i was a kid so yeah one of them is one of those things yeah so i said to my mom um who's a professor i said what's psychometry and she goes it's like cool sculpting nobody knows (laughs) so and I said, well, like cool sculpting, it is also widely criticized and has no scientific backing. So there you go. Uh, so the the psychometrist <clears throat> uh, tells tells Michael, you know, 
a lot of information about his his wife's death that Michael then rebukes and says, you know, well, you could have read that in the paper, you know. And then he says, bird's nest. And he's like, what? And he says, bird's nest. Your wife thought of, you know, he that she was building a bird's nest. <laughs> he's like, oh, God damn it. You're right. <laughs> You're hired. Exactly. Meet to me. To go walk around the basement. <laughs> yeah. Uh, meet me at the, or not even meet me at the gym. You get to come to my gym tonight after hours, go to the basement and start investigating. And he's like, all right. You know, so uh, he says, you know, believe it or not, there are there's more to this job than just things that go beep and buzz. Okay, now the next scene is both disturbing, uncomfortable, and confusing. Um, so we hear two voices one's female one is male we are to assume and they are talking about how they can't keep doing this we are hurting people and then there is some moaning and some orgasming and then it's done and it's like okay so was there a bit of twincest? Well, you know, my it's Catherine and David. Yes. Um, yeah. And some way or some fashion. But I got the idea that this is where she finished taking him over. Okay. See, that is way. That her sounds of pleasure where the, I'm okay. glad I got my brother's body to work with. Thank me. God you brought this to the table because yep. otherwise it's just me and my perversion. And I'm so glad that you're here to, to, to do that because that was, that's so much more. I am so, I'm so relieved at that information. Like, because. Well, I ah. don't think David has any other scenes where he is strictly David from this point forward. Nope. A mix of him and Catherine from here on. Yep. Although the film never i'm sorry it drops the ball on this they could have done so much more with him turning into her yes but they just start arbitrarily he he's wearing her clothes but he's not doing anything else to look like her and then he is her like she she's there all of a sudden yeah and yeah not there and he's back and so that part i thought they that they could have especially with 80s physical effects they could have done a lot of fun stuff Mm-hmm. he even grows breasts at one point or something they could i totally it. thought those were his legs too i was like wow merrick buttrick has really great legs and my mom goes no those are sherry shattuck's legs That's i think yeah. uh which fun fact it's not sherry shattuck's voice which is a thinker because i'm like i've heard sherry shattuck's voice before and yeah. she has a lovely voice but yes. they dubbed her voice with someone else's voice I did not know that. I didn't realize it. Welcome to Manic Movie Monday, where one person's trash is another person's treasure. Here we celebrate the trash, the treasure, and everything in between. You know when women get stressed, we take a bath. There's a lot to unpack with this movie. Spoiler alert! Prison is not like reform school girls, and I really wish somebody would have told me. We're catfishing serial killers. We're just trying on clothes without tags and seeing what fits. Everyone is wearing mail order lingerie. So join us every other Monday and stay manic. 
All right. So uh, somebody sends a letter to one half of the three-way and says, come meet me in the basement. Love, Michael. And uh, there is a poorly drawn map to the basement. And she decides she will just call her not Hillary Banks, not Hillary Banks decides she is going to go down to the basement. Uh, meanwhile, the psychometry expert is wandering around the basement also. And uh, so they're just they're down there and she ends up getting melted. Yeah, <laughs> just just a just a street trash level of melting going on in that basement. Yes. She goes down. Uh, meanwhile, David decides he's going to show up at Michael's house. Uh, Laura's, of course, you know, recovering there with her crazy alien eyes. And, right. you know, and Laura's like, you know, he didn't say anything about this. He's like, well, he's got a lot on his mind. Let me in. So <laughs> she lets him in and he proceeds to kind of menace her in sort of a wait until dark sort of way, except that it doesn't really work out because... <laughs> He's like kind of like he's kind of threatening her, but she can't see anything. So it's true. And, and he and he pulls a full dick move with her groceries. Yeah, totally. And then Vicky shows up, uh, played by Tane McClure, uh, which if you know who Tane McClure is, congratulations. You watched a lot of Skinamax growing up. Because she is well, in Bikini Drive-In. two thumbs and did that. This guy. That's, that's right. right. Yes, she is in Bikini Drive-In. She's in Hot Under the Collar. And she was married to Jonathan Kane from Journey. Wow, okay. Right? Who knew, right? I'm blown. So, uh, meanwhile, so, so at this point, Catherine's ghost is officially realized, meaning her body which of which she has taken over david's soul maybe um but it's her body so it's sherry shattuck's body some other woman's voice and david's soul so <laughs> she's she's wandering around the basement the psychometry expert uh encounters her tries to shoot her and then she makes his hand explode boy howdy Boy, does she ever make his hand explode. It's wild. Meanwhile, Michael has this weird dream that Catherine is beckoning him to jump off the house. And then he wakes up. What's great about it is he wakes up. He's shirtless. He decides to put on a brown leather jacket over no shirt, by the way. Go to the gym. Try to figure out what has happened. And... He finds out uh, by going down into the basement that his business partner, that would be Tom, has been sabotaging the gym. And how he finds this out is he finds Tom's watch, which has, quote, gone missing. Now, I, I, I want to point out, by the way, if you uh, are not a big leather person, but you're thinking that you might want to start wearing it sans shirt. Bad idea because your body stench is going to get into it and your leather's going to stink really nasty. Mm -mm. So don't do that. That's nope. that's the tip. That's our, if nothing else, take that from this episode. That's our the more you know exactly conversation. So so Michael shows up at Tom's house and Tom is wearing the most fabulous Bermuda shorts I have ever seen. Super colorful. 
And even Michael remarks, he says, my lawyer is wearing fantastic shorts. Who's that? Uh, so anyway, he presents the, he says, look, I know you're fucking around with my gym. Um, I'm not sure how you got to fuck around with my gym. And then Priscilla comes out of what I assume is a bedroom, uh, buttoning her blouse. And she's, you know, she says, yeah, well, we were just trying to, you know, we want, we wanted to get the gym from out from under you. We wanted the gym to fail. That way we get to buy you out. And he's like, you know, the chlorine and the systems, the messages on my computer. And she's like, well, I didn't do any messages. So there are two things at play here. There is the spirit of his dead wife wrecking havoc, who has taken over her twin's body and there are crazy tom there's crazy tomfoolery going on with his business partners literally tomfoolery tomfoolery tom and priscilla but Uh, i want to back up real quick we got to back up to the psychometry guy because he finds the melted girl in the basement oh yeah and he freaks out she's been melting for like three hours at this point she's still alive that is the meanest death in the movie it melts her over the course of like a day and a half a day and a half and she's still just like a cronenberg nightmare just trying to mm -mm, nope not happening so um so then the cops decide that they're going to oh oh wait no but first we have probably my favorite shot in the whole movie which is uh michael's face and marvin's crotch and i i'm sure you noticed this right where I don't know what framing they were doing. I don't know who was looking where or who was out on a day pass at the time, but there's a shot where Michael's face is on the left and poor Ken Foray and Ken Foray's, you know, parts. Ken's Foray. Ken's Foray, if you will, in a pair of white (laughs) shorts are prominently displayed right next to Michael's face. Probably if, why he took the job. If Michael turns around, we're watching a totally different movie. And, and it would be too, yeah. And given the amount of homoerotic tension in this film between these two characters, it charts. And I'm here for it, and I wish that was a whole other movie. I really do. I'm telling you, Death Spot 2 should have happened. Death Spot it 2. Should, it should have Mike, been about the bromance. Absolutely. The two, the two M's, Michael and Marvin. Uh, so meanwhile, Michael decides he's going to break into David's house. Uh, well, first of all, he can't get into David's house. He knocks on David's door and the two cops are standing, standing behind him. And Michael's like, I can't get in. I'm going to break in. And the cops basically just turn the other way, literally. And if they could have whistled, they would have. Just like they just look literally look the other way until uh michael manages to break into david's house and we find several articles of uh catherine's clothing including we think her panties uh and also her burnt wheelchair or a burnt wheelchair of some kind on the uh on the deck just laying there like an art installation and so then they do probably the weirdest APB, which is, you know, uh, is we're looking for a male Caucasian, six foot, 135 pounds, probably a psycho. And get this, 
might be in drag. Yeah, might be dressed as his sister. I think they actually, don't they say something like he might be dressed as his sister? No, they say might be dressed in drag. Might be dressed in drag. Okay, gotcha. And it's like, uh, and then, yeah, that's it. That's it. And then party time. It's time for the Mardi Gras party. Woohoo! All right. So Catherine is now officially like Sherry Shattuck. She's wandering around in a nightgown and she's a fully realized, fully formed, you know, spirit, so to speak. And she seduces a pirate guy, Jeffrey, who yeah. has uh, taken over the control booth just to, you know, just to watch things while Michael's not there. And she rearranges his face to look like, I don't know if you've ever seen this Twilight Zone episode, but it was called The Pig People. And it, like, all their faces were all distorted, like, like piggies. And that is totally what he looks like when she gets done with him. I think that's, if, if it's the old one, it's the Eye of the Beholder is the episode. Uh, oh, yeah. look at you. I yeah. had no idea what it was called. That's good. Yeah. Damn. All right. Woo. Hats off, sir. Hats off. Um. So David has officially been taken over by Catherine. Uh, and she's, they kind of go back and forth with this, whether it's David or Catherine, but it's, yeah, it's it's almost like whoever got to set first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, call like, them both. Oh. And if Merritt gets here first, then he's in the scene. If Cherry gets here first, she's in the scene. Exactly. Tom still wants to take over. He still, still wants to basically trash the club. So he's in Michael's office, you know, committing espionage, and then decides to hide. And by hide, I mean stand in plain sight next to a chair while someone comes in and he thinks it's david or he thinks it's michael excuse me because they're wearing that that's really terrible comedy tragedy mask thing and he hits them on the head except that it's not michael it's actually priscilla because she's in that costume right right so she's got a concussion at this point because he knocked the crap out of her (laughs) uh meanwhile tom decides to take a sauna like you do as you do yep with vicky i.e tane mcclure and tane's bush basically because she's completely naked in the scene i mean full frontal craziness and it's a great scene because they are they are in this sauna and then all of a sudden his face explodes (laughs) and by the way i think the audience was owed this this mcclure scene because of the marvin shorts i I absolutely marvin shorts it was like we needed we got to balance it with Tanae's Bush. Back at Bush. the exploding face. Marvin, Marvin's shorts and Tanae's Bush tonight right. on Manic Movie Monday. Okay. <laughs> All right. So Tom's, yeah. So Tom's head literally explodes. Uh, um, and poor Tanae is naked and covered in his, his face, basically. It's scanner's level of explosion. Uh and someone on another podcast said that actually what it was was that uh Catherine was making the boards from the sauna pop and that the board popped through his face and then just caused that weird uh explosion but at this point and we've seen this Catherine's already made several things explode I mean she's made that dude's hand she's made the psychometrist hand explode yeah and, and then she will spoiler alert coming priscilla she will make priscilla's face explode a la scanners <laughs> so and yeah, what why are you unscrewing washers 
Yeah, I don't. I mean, your powers when you can make people explode. When you can make people's heads explode, you know. Yeah. Uh, so meanwhile, we have this two. You know, the two cops have shown up at the uh, at the at the party, and um, was one of them. The male cop is named Fletcher, and uh, he is just trying really hard to flirt with a woman dressed as a bumblebee trying to make drinks. And you got to give the movie this for all the kind of jumping around. We get a payoff to a much earlier scene where she pranks somebody that her hand got caught in a drink. In a blender. Yep. And now way later in the movie, they actually cohesively pay that off. They do. They pay it off. She sticks her hand in the blender to find something and the blender goes crazy and it eats her. It basically (laughs) eats her from her fingers all the way down her arm, all the way through if and, only we could have seen the feet going in at the table. Right. I mean, it was been, crazy. It was. would have been awesome. It was some wild stuff here. And <laughs> Fletcher is just acting his ass off. He is freaking out. He is, oh, yes. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. What's happening? You know, not clearly not a not good under pressure at all. Um, so well, here, I mean, you don't expect a hand blender to eat someone. I mean, so you, we'll, you know. we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, with that, yeah. you know. But my favorite scene and my mom's favorite scene, absolutely, was where he gets pulled into the freezer. The vitamins are popping open, and the freezer all of vitamins. A, the freezer vitamins, because that's yeah, the thing. Because that's where you keep them. Sure, and yeah. then and then a reanimated sushi fish attacks him. And yes. goes straight for his jugular. Yes. And as soon as that happened, my mother spit out her Tito's and started laughing. As you do. It because, was the best thing. Yeah. It was great. She was like, this is a great movie. <laughs> it looks like it looks like he's wearing a particularly awful necktie there. for. A it does. Of it yeah. does. You're like, what is happening here? So now, <laughs> so now we are, this is it. This is our glorious last like 10 minutes of this movie. And so, if you think it's been batshit crazy up to now, it's gonna get way worse. Dude. Exactly. Catherine has kidnapped Laura, who's wandering around in some kind of Hawaiian getup, has tied her up to a tanning bed. She's frying basically her lips, her skin, everything. Um burning all the rest of her that didn't get burned by the chlorine. Right. Priscilla, who has now suffered from a concussion from having her head you know knocked by tom she looks in the mirror the mirror starts to vibrate and then her head explodes a la scanners like by the way if a mirror ever if a mirror that isn't made out of metal ever starts wobbling like that get out for pete's sake run yes exactly just just get out that's on her you know that's all her so michael decides he's going to well he's going to free laura and he's also going to fry Catherine. so he Goes down to the basement, goes down to, you know, I mean, granted, all this shit's happening and he's just like, no, I have to fry my (laughs) ex-wife. So he goes down there and grabs his shoe. And you're going to have to explain this to me because I have no idea what happens other than Michael starts. Does he, is it like a shocker situation? Like, is he like, is he reversing? Is he, oh, my mother said he's crossing the streams. I like it. Let's go with it because yeah, there is no telling exactly. If any human being can explain the moment we're talking about in the film, Mm -hmm. uh, you need to be the professor of film for everyone forever because. Absolutely. 
No, because yeah. that's what my mother said. She says he's crossing. Your mom, genius. yeah, your mom's got it. We, we're absolutely so, going with moms. So that fries Catherine to a certain point. Laura, in the meanwhile, just seriously needs a drink because she's completely dehydrated. Michael looks at her and says, "Can you walk?" <laughs> like, dude, she weighs like a buck ten. Throw her over right. your shoulder, you know. I mean, you do work at a gym, um. So my favorite, my favorite is where uh, you know, they're trying to they're trying to get out, and Michael says, "Oh, it's the computer, the computer." <laughs> And uh, the cop goes, fuck this computer shit and kicks over the door. And then they find Catherine's charred body. And and then Michael has to give this explanation, which is Catherine took over David's body. <laughs> like just in the most deadpan way too. It's so, it's so great because the delivery of it is very matter of fact. <laughs> like, of course, Catherine took over, uh, you know, Catherine took over David's body. Um, and meanwhile, Catherine grabs Laura. Michael then grabs Catherine, rips her arm off. Yep. And the cop basically like smoke checks <laughs> Catherine's body. It's just like, no, nah, I got this. Six in the face. <laughs> and then and then Ken Foray has disappeared at this point. Like, just let's just talk about this. So Marvin has disappeared at this point. He is kind of all over the place. Like, he kind of dove through some glass, and then we didn't see him, so we kind of got worried. Right. Marvin pops back up <laughs> and says <laughs> to Michael, oh, God, I'm so glad you're okay. And they hug, and then everyone walks out of the gym. Because at this point, it's pandemonium. There's yes. fires air smoke the computer has locked itself so all the doors are locked people are dying it's like a who concert there's trampling it's yes. insane right and finally marvin the cop michael and laura all yep. kind of walk hand in hand in the sunset sort of out of the gym and Catherine's corpse you know does a p.s you know, she kind of shoots up and is like, nice try, Michael. And then her eyeball pops and it and into the, into the, into the screen. And that's the end of Death Spa. <laughs> oh, there you go. And Jesus wept. I mean, it really, it, it's such a fun movie. And if you're looking for something that is just totally bad shit, fun interesting colors very 80s oh yeah absolutely um the color people, palette was beautiful you, oh, you full points color, for that absolutely gorgeous and what's great is it's free on tubi right now so it's it is remastered on tubi and it's beautiful it is also showing on shutter if anybody has a subscription for that. if it's on shutter yeah. great if you have shutter definitely cool. watch it on shutter and or and or tubi so to speak and if you can get this blu-ray i would suggest it because there's a making of documentary that went that goes with it there's lots of interviews it's like totally worth the buy everyone who i have done interview like i have like checked the interviews and read about their experience with Merritt Buttrick everyone said he was amazing and um apparently the uh square pegs uh dvds have a whole 
like section uh where jamie gertz and uh sarah jessica parker and yeah. the creator and beats all talk about merrick Buttrick and what it was like to work with him and their uh, commemorating him. that's great i've got that in the video vault. i haven't watched it yet so i'm looking ah! forward to that now so, oh my gosh please. yes please do and then tell me how it is it's so yep. it's so nice oh my goodness well thank you so much for coming on and doing this well this has been a blast uh so much fun and and putting the spotlight on death spa i mean you know there's no higher calling in the world than putting the spotlight on a fun movie like this what a great time oh i had so much fun this is so great this is so crazy i'm so happy um okay so where can people if people do indeed want to stalk you craig where can they can they find you on social media yes i'm on facebook uh last name is edwards i'm happy to friend most people if you're not weird and creepy i'm looking up my instagram because i always have to check it craig edwards 9981 at instagram uh, that's basically the only two places. Instagram is all old production stuff, mainly Dawson's. Um, and then Facebook is Facebook, you know, just there. So, so awesome. All right. So obviously, you know, you can find us on Manic Movie Monday on Instagram as well as Facebook. I am no longer on Twitter. I got rid of it because it's creepy and disgusting. And so those are the two places you can find both myself and my partner, Hillary. She is on there also. She got an Instagram just for the show. <laughs> so feel free to go and stalk her as well. Great. And stay manic, my lovelies. Bye.